this is a very special episode. Very right. special. Very special. My Hero Academia Season 4 is preparing in just a few days. It's only a few days away. Three days. So we're sitting here today on a Wednesday night recording this. And me and Feds are pretty excited to get back to these yeah, new episodes. Especially being I'm souped. with those anime-only basic weebs uh, who don't read the manga. So yep. we're not all up to date on the crazy stuff going on in the comic. Although I have unfortunately had a few things spoiled for me. Not me, thank God. Yeah, and I won't spoil them for you. But if I could bleach things from my eyes and my brain... If I could eternal sunshine some shit out of my brain, <laughs> it might be the things that I learned about the manga spoilers. <laughs> We're not going to be talking about manga stuff today. Um, we are going to be talking about something that I think is a little bit obvious um, in terms of the comparison of the two characters. Um, my favorite character, My Hero Academia. Obviously, everybody loves Deku, Bakugo. I'm a little girl inside and love Todoroki as well. Uh, also, uh, Achako is best girl. I think we can all safely say. Yep. Followed closely by Yayirozu. Um, that being said, I think I can say definitely of all the characters in my show, in my show, of all the characters in this show, All Might. All Might fucking rules. All Might is my favorite character, bar none. Obviously, number one hero. He's the strongest hero, but he's also my favorite character. For. A lot of reasons that we're going to get into today, but the obvious comparison that All Might draws in terms of, uh, you know, other characters that he's, you know, I don't want to say derivative. That has like a negative connotation to it, but uh, other people that he is um, inspired, inspired or influenced by Uh, obvious comparison is fucking Superman. Yeah, man. Big blue boy scout himself. Uh, The pillar of justice. The man who's always there, always overcomes, always will beat the bad guy, and is always going to be there to keep your mind at ease, whether that be your mind or, like, society at large in general, you know? Um, Obvious comparison there is definitely All Might, but there's something that I drew to All Might that I think maybe kind of helped me get hooked on him a little bit more. Um, Obviously, you guys know this podcast is called Dragon Ball Superdome. Uh, I initially, when I first watched My Hero Academia, I saw a lot of Goku in All Might. And I don't think that that's necessarily everybody's first thought when it comes to that character. I think Superman is such the overwhelming influence that you can't help but say this is Japanese Superman. The thing is, for me, Japanese Superman before Japanese Superman was Japanese Superman, and Japanese Superman's name was Goku. <laughs> <laughs> you just said Japanese Superman like eight times. You know what? And I think if you go back, you rewind that tape a little bit, I'm pretty sure the sentence that I said with Japanese Goku, shit, Japanese. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the, the thing that I said with Japanese Superman four times in a row, I'm pretty sure the sentence makes sense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. Pretty sure the set makes sense. Boom. So you guys know that I know Goku really well, obviously. I run a GD Dragon Ball podcast. And you know I got a hard on for All Might. Now. All Might. All Might. So (laughs) (laughs) I sounded like I'm Italian. It's All Might. Uh, That wasn't Italian. Um, 
feds. You yes. probably know this, but the audience at large, they may not. I'm I'm sure that I've said it a couple of times, and maybe you guys thought that I was joking, but true story. My connection to Superman on a personal level is that my name was almost Cal. Not, oh, shit. Not like Southern pronunciation of the name Kyle, but <laughs> Cal. Shut up, Cal. <laughs> yeah, not that. Yeah, I know. It was almost K-A-L. Cal, I don't know if my dad was serious about the L. I don't know. <laughs> but he was pushing hard for Cal. And he told my mom why. Mind you, I was born. My mom turned uh, 17 just a few weeks after I was born. So my mom's like 16 when I'm born, almost 17. My dad just turned 18. Homeboy's a nerd, plays D&D, plays bass in a metal band, reads comic books. Uh, What else? All sorts of nerdy shit. He wants to name his son Cal after Superman's Kryptonian name, Kal-El. Um, I always thought that that was a joke growing up until my grandmother around the time I was like six or seven was like, yeah, no, he he pushed hard for that. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, but I got your mother to agree. It's a Kai, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle. And that was the compromise that my mom and my grandmother reached on the ridiculous name that my dad proposed. So I was literally real, real close to being named Cal. Uh, I think it's fitting now that I have an Asian cousin from the state of Georgia with a southern accent who calls me Cousin Cal because I was almost Cal. Cousin Cal. Shout out Ambrose. 17, man. Uh, Anyway, uh, obviously my dad to want to name his fucking son Cal uh, obviously he's tied very close to the Superman my dad lost his dad when he was 12 Superman as a role model filled the void for my dad a lot and then like his his moral upbringing I think and just helped like shape who he was as a person in terms of the morals that Superman as a character instills or aims to instill in its audience now all of that's super admirable and that's something that I could respect and see from afar but as far as a character, Superman never did that for me. Uh, he was just the big super dude that nobody yeah. could beat. Right. He's the strongest motherfucker. He got laser beam eyes. Laser beam eyes. We'll punch your dick off your dick. <laughs> <laughs> Into space. <laughs> never to be seen again. For real. Like, Superman's that dude. To me, anyway, he's just I, he's so, been so long in the, the, the general canon of, you know, whatever you got going on in your pop culture brain. Everyone knows Superman. He's been around for the fucking better part of 90 years at this point. What is it? 1939, 1938. So, yeah, 80, 75, 80 years, we'll say. Yep. Everyone is familiar with Superman, his origin, his powers, his borderline invulnerability. It's kind of no wonder that at a certain point he became this real stale-ish kind of character where everyone's like, yeah, he's boring. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's so good. We get it. Um, I, I honestly think the way that Chris Evans played Captain America in the MCU was very reminiscent of the way Christopher Reeves was the way uh, in which... Was very reminiscent in which the way Christopher Reeves played Superman in the first, I mean, I, I want to say two movies, but there's four of them. I really like the first two Superman, Richard Donner movies. But um, my point is the earnestness and the sincerity and the commitment to like, you know, for lack of more details, truth, justice in the American way. Just doing the right thing and always fucking, you know, helping the downtrodden and all that. 
Chris Evans encapsulates everything that Christopher Reeve put into that character. Yeah, I agree with that. If you follow us on Instagram, at DB Superdope, yeah, I think that's it, just at DB Superdope, you'll see that I put up a little teaser episode, uh, teaser image for today's episode, all my... Goku in the middle in his dope ass and Z blue geeks. That's personally my favorite outfit because that outfit rules. And then Christopher Reeve Superman over to the right because in my brain, Christopher Christopher Reeve is Superman. Like, yeah, me too. When I in close second, if you heard it on the Patreon cut earlier, I forgive, uh, forgive me, but uh, Bruce Tim Superman uh, animated series <laughs> style as, as the second Superman. Um, but Christopher Reeve very much encapsulates everything that Superman I think is supposed to be, and I think that most people don't really appreciate about the character and just kind of stack them up to be this boring, stale kind of thing. So you think about something like that, what struck a chord with me as a five, six-year-old kid, whenever I started to become conscious of these characters um, and just TV and like TV shows and fucking changing the channel and shit like that, I found Dragon Ball super young, man. It resonated immediately. I don't know why. My dad will tell you it's because that he had the cell games on and a sub thing when I was like a two-year-old baby. But I think that's a bunch of horse shit, personally. Whatever. I digress. Goku resonated with me. Unbeknownst to me at the time, and I'd figure it out, you know, in watching War Dragon Ball throughout the years and kind of piecing together what I initially saw then, a very early episode of Dragon Ball, I think episode like 13 of the original series or something like that, Piecing that together with what eventually would come over to the States in, in Dragon Ball Z and the realization that Goku is from another planet and his brother shows up and he kidnaps his kid and how Dragon Ball Z kicks off into this big, grand sci-fi space opera kung fu style. I realized that Goku is basically the Japanese equivalent of Superman. The most direct comparison is how they show up, right? Uh, last of their race, they out from outside space. The aliens. They are the last of their kind, quote unquote, last of their kind. <laughs> Supposed to be the last son of Krypton, the last son of Planet Vegeta. Uh, except there's like a bunch of other weird Saiyans around and sometimes other Kryptonians show up. It's neither here nor there. They both come to Earth. They land. They're adopted by the culture. They've adopted the planet. The planet adopts them, vice versa. They, they very much are, are defenders of the planet or whatever. Uh, in a lot of ways, that origin story is Beat for beat, almost. Yeah. Especially when you reconsider uh, when you consider how they rewritten parts of Dragon Ball minus, and again in Dragon Ball Super Broly, to have Bardock be like, "Oh, we got to get him out of here!" Like, like all, it's just they almost rewrote it to be more like Superman in the last couple of years. It's kind of fucking funny. Um, Goku though, he gets to Earth. We don't know when he's a child if you look at the dragon ball story linearly we don't know when he shows up and you see him in the woods chopping up wood with karate chops and shit you don't know if he's an alien you don't learn that in terms of the story for another five years in terms of a week-to-week comic book um in terms of like time passing in goku's life it's something like shit it might actually be like five or six years no because it's five or six years between the end of beginning of Dragon Ball, end of Dragon Ball, and then there's, what, a five-year gap between the end of Dragon Ball and beginning of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. So, shit, by the time that motherfucker learns he's an alien, 
like 10 years have passed. <laughs> We've already gotten to know this character. We've already gotten to see overcome his trials and tribulations and go through his kung fu training through multiple masters and fuck up an entire army and fuck up a bunch of like old school horror monsters and then go fuck up the Demon King Piccolo and then fuck him up again in his reincarnate younger, more youthful form and a dude with three eyes who's kind of maybe disfigured but also maybe has secret powers because of the third eye. We still go, go, go through a lot of shit. We can appreciate all of the strength that he gains. Superman, when you see that motherfucker, he's already top of the pops, man. Yep. To reiterate a phrase I used earlier, he'll punch your dick off your dick. <laughs> Goku, though, you got to see him take the lumps to do it. And that's not to say you don't see Superman go through his growing pains. I mean, they do have those flashbacks where you yeah. see him growing up in Kansas with Smallville and Mom, Pa, Kent and all that stuff. And overcoming the fact that he's got to deal with these powers while he's I mean that's basically the entire premise of Smallville as, and they got 10 seasons I think out of that motherfucker um, and those are all based off of you know comic flashbacks are trying to fill in what this backstory looked like so you do get to appreciate parts of it with Superman but like you don't get to fully oversee and progress that progress through that and overcome for it from like the beginning of day one through current day Superman Goku we have that kind of satisfaction and I would now make the argument that up to the end of Dragon Ball Z, you could say that Goku and the Superman comparison are very much intact. Although, the end of Dragon Ball Z, shit starts getting a little bit more goofy. Like, goofy reminiscent in a way of early Dragon Ball and that uh, lots of jokes, lots of fat things, lots of failed things, lots of uh, mystical things, magic things. It's not all about, like, I'm going to blow up a planet and scream punch you in the dick punch your dick off your dick um, it's not all about that it just gets a little bit goofier toward the end of Dragon Ball Z but like the end of Dragon Ball Z wraps up and culminates Goku's power on this universal godly borderline godly kind of level much in the wake of Superman and when that shit went off the air in Japan in 97 or whatever I think people were like yeah Goku's dope Goku's cool Goku's a hero Goku's a great protagonist Flash forward 18 years later when, when Goku and Ko come back to TV weekly, everyone, I feel at least, I don't know if Goku had this sort of level of hate. I mean, I know that the the idea that Goku is a shitty father is a consistent joke. I'm going to thank my friends at Team Four Star for making that uh, borderline meme before memes were memes, even though memes was already an idea, but not an actual thing that people shared on the internet. But what I will say is that Goku is kind of a hero, at least through the majority of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, you could also make the argument that the time he spends dead in Dragon Ball Z is some of the most compelling time that he has a, as a character in the series as a secondary character. And we'll talk more about the Goku, Superman, All Might type serving in that secondary secondary character role when we get over to All Might. But Goku comes back in Dragon Ball Super and everyone's like, man, this motherfucker is stupid. What's he doing? He's just trying to fight all the strong people in the world just because that's what he's about. He's... Just wants to get his fight on. Yeah, man. Want to fight? Yeah. And they're like, yo, maybe you shouldn't fight that dude, man. If you don't win, we done. He's like, yeah, but. I want to fight him. He's he's a, he's a god of destruction. Exactly. The name implies it all. He'll destroy us. Yeah, but he's a god. I want to fight him. 
And like that idea is just strewn throughout Dragon Ball Super so much. I mean, there are moments where he's a legitimate hero, I guess. And he's only a hero because Trunk shows up from the fucking dystopian future where Zamasu fucked things up. He's like, Dad, Uncle Goku, come save me. Some bullies beat my ass. And then they go to the future and, you know, they got into this thing. Goku's arguably serving in a hero capacity there. Most other places, especially like the Tournament of Power, the Tournament of Power in and of itself is Goku just being a reckless little asshole saying, hey, Zeno, kind of feeling the itch to try to meet some new strong guys that I may not have the opportunity to meet otherwise. Want to have a tournament? If we lose, you can you can just erase us. It's fine. I'll get the urge to fight these strong people out of here. I'll get these people out of here. Look at all these people out here. I'm going to fight these people out here. All of them. He is, he's just so much of, and I would say that he kind of devolves to more of what he is. I'll say devolves because, again, in Dragon Ball Z, he very much hits a hero stride, specifically when he's that dude in the Saiyan arc who's showing up to save the day. When he fucking punches Nappa and catches him on his goddamn fist and fucking backbreaks him. He's that dude showing up on Namek and being like, what's up, Captain Ginyu? I'm going to kick you in the throat. Okay, my body got all fucked up in the body switch. I'm going to go heal in this fucking back to chamber again, or whatever the fuck it is. Okay, Frieza, now I'm here to fuck your bitch. Stuff like that. And Cell, Saga, he gets a little more hands-off, and you get to see a little bit more of that goofiness come off as he realizes that he can slowly start to transfer power over to his son and be like, yeah, maybe the world's cool without me. Go on, can inherit this power. Go on, stay a rightful you know, protector now, like, my time has passed, and you can see how the series begins to progress and step up to the next generation. They have the seven-year time skip. Gohan is very much the central focus of the show at the beginning. Goku's serving in a ghost capacity, and you see him, like, maybe once every four or five episodes. It's kind of weird. It's kind of cool. It's a different kind of Dragon Ball, that early boost stuff. But um, when he comes back in Super, it's like, He's back to being a little kid. Just like, what's up? You strong? Want to fucking throw some hands? You want to go, Patsy? Like, he's just walking up to any motherfucker. He don't care. And that's frustrating for fans. I can understand that. Now, we know that Goku's kind of a goofball and shit, but he's kind of Japanese Superman, right? Same exact origin story. Always a dude who overcomes. Always steps up and beats the bad dude in the end of it. As long as you know Goku's around, everything's going to be dope, right? We already got a Japanese Superman. So what the fuck we need with another Japanese Superman? Enter All Might, a.k.a. Japanese Superman. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know, man. Honestly, the reason I wanted to do this today, and I think I said it at the top, if I didn't, I definitely meant to, but I don't feel like I've fully appreciated a character like Superman until I found a character like All Might. And I think maybe it has to do with the medium in which the characters live. I mean, obviously, anime, manga, however you want to look at it, is one thing, but it's in Japan. Superman, Western culture, continuous stories being written about him for, like we said, what, 80 years. Superman's never going to not be written about. Right. As we're in a manga Manga. I don't know why I'm saying manga so much today. Usually I try to go the pretentious route and say manga, but you know what? I don't give a fuck today. Typically, in the manga, you've got like a very um, linear, structural beginning, middle, and end of a story. Um, All of these characters are serving a purpose. Typically, a manga is not set up to be able to go on for forever. Um, 
you could stretch them out for you know 20 plus years with like you do with one piece but um typically the roles that a character serve um you get to see them play out in their entirety and they're not meant to go on for forever with some kind of ambiguity on you know whether they go one way or another or will be one thing Superman's done is they've just taken straight up alternate realities altogether and they've done evil Superman or they've done, you know, what if Superman, you know, Red Red Sun landed in Russia, all that stuff. Um, with All Might, you know that he's Superman pretty much right off the bat. Um, he's the most popular number one he you know, number one hero, most popular. He's merchandised the shit out of. You see posters and toys of him everywhere all over the My Hero world. But when you meet him as the audience, I mean, you meet him in that kind of like uh, removed fashion, like him in the public eye fashion. When you first see him like interacting and you actually see him as a character, you're not seeing that previous All Might. You're seeing Small Might. You're seeing Skeletor looking motherfucker. Yeah, you know, whatever. Three years post the fight with All for One. That right there is an interesting place to start with the character. You've already let us all know he's the number one dude and he's this big hulk and massive a man that nobody can beat. And then when you're like, hey, this is actually him. Let's pick up with where he is right now and not what he's portrayed to be in the media. He's a scrawny little dude who's coughing up blood trying to walk home with his groceries. That right there, that that contrast of, of two different images there. In a world, I think I said it earlier, I don't know if I said it for Patreon or for you or whatever, but in the world where heroes are public figures and they're paid by the government and everyone knows who everyone is more or less all might is at the top of that like his name may as well be up in fucking lights in the goddamn marquee in vegas yeah everybody knows who all might is except they don't like that that secret identity trope is still worked into all might's whole being without it being a true it's not a secret identity it's like a, a true form you know um, so building that kind of tension into this guy who you know right off the bat is billed as this central pillar of peace, the reason that peace, you know, crime fell to 6% in the country of Japan because All Might is such a prolific fucking hero. Um, knowing right off the bat that it's kind of all a facade and that at any moment it could come tumbling down, the tension that that builds for you, I mean – not only does it automatically make you kind of care for all my little bit more, I think anyway. He's kind of a dick in that first episode, but yeah, kind of. He's just like, "Hey, what's up, fanboy? I don't give a fuck about you." Right. Look on my leg. I'm gonna have to clean these pants again. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to fly, boy. Get the fuck out. Um, I think it helps you empathize with him a little bit more. He becomes not somebody who is so untouchable, you know, whatever. It helps you empathize with him a lot more and, and knowing that he's eternally in pain and coughing up blood and just not who he used to be. He doesn't feel like the person that he is. Um, so when you take that and then you pair that against moments where first one you see is when he beats the fuck out of the sludge villain and he rescues Bakugo. Uh, you see it Deku. again. Uh, Deku, rather. Uh, you yeah. see it again at the USJ. Yep. When he beats the fuck out of the Nomu with... 300 mighty blows when it would have taken him like five or six whatever back in the day yeah back in his prime time his prime form yeah um you still see him rise to the occasion and overcome and even you as the audience you're like yo there really is nothing that this dude can't do 
everything is fine if all might's around, you fall into that same sense of security that the rest of the world falls into. The only other person who's like aware of it, obviously, is Deku. And he's constantly wary of it. He's like, oh, no, don't don't use your muscles too long, AM. Sometimes when I take notes, I just write AM. Yeah, because writing out All Might every motherfucking time, when you write All Might on three pages of notes, which I haven't really used so far. I've been kind of going off book. So seeing All Might, even though he's got this superb amount of strength, he still has to overcome these things, hide his true form, whatever. You see him go through that final fight with All for One. And he goes back up into that flex form one more time when he holds his hand up. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he points out and he says, you're next. Nobody knows, obviously, what you're next actually means except Deku or or uh, Midoriya. 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 Yeah, except Midoriya. So while you can sympathize uh, definitely a little bit more, uh, or at least relate a little bit more, knowing that All Might has, you know, this secret that he's hiding. He can only keep his muscle form at the first, you know, for three hours or whatever. Um, and you know that every time he uses his power, it's fleeting. Like, it's going away. It's going away. Right. So it's there's a definitive timeline already in play. The moment you meet this character, that his end is already in sight. And yep. You're along for this last piece of his superhero career before he has to retire. Now, you factor that in with the whole, he's also transitioning into becoming a teacher at, the, at UA. Yep. And he obviously needs to find somebody to pass on uh, one for all four, uh, two. And uh, needs to find the next protege and train them. And you figure if he has to be the guy who's going to be responsible to pass on the power of one for all to the ninth holder, he has to take it pretty seriously. So you see him holding true to like the virtues of the things that his master taught him. Yep. Um, Shigur- I actually I got the my Shigaraki pop. Uh, speaking of his master, yeah, it's dope. Uh, the grandson just came in Funko Pop form in the mail today. It does look pretty dope. Yeah. I didn't think I bought it. <laughs> then it showed up. And then it showed up. I also got. Oh, my, yeah, I bought that. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> Crystal hands me a box when she walks in today. She's like, hey, you had this. I'm like, all right. Okay. Open up. I'm like, oh, I was feeling sad that I didn't buy this the other day, but I guess I did. Oh, man. That would have been something. Dope. Super dope. Uh, I did get my, my Goku and Vegeta baseball pops up there, though. That's dope. Yeah. One's a pitcher. One's a catcher. <laughs> one's a pitcher, one's a batter, I think. Um, those are pretty cool, too. Episode yeah. 60, episode 70? Episode 69 of Dragon Ball Super? Right. It's a fucking it's a classic, baby. <laughs> I didn't mean that in a 69 joke way. I meant that. <laughs> and it's a quality episode way. But also, open your books to page 69. Uh. Obviously, All Might has really good intentions in mind. Um that kind of served true to that general hero virtue and just always overcoming, always pushing your limits, literally the embodiment of the phrase plus ultra go beyond plus ultra go plus ultra. All might is now moving into more of a mentor role. I guess you could say, um, I like to call him dad might because he cares for Deku like the son that he's never had. I would say. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a really interesting position to see him in now, which I don't think a character like Superman or maybe even Goku in a lot of ways. I mean, Goku kind of had the afforded opportunity to him when he becomes dead Goku for seven years and he stays in the afterworld and he kind of serves as like, at least in the in capacity of some of the movies and very early boo stuff. Like 
he's the guy he's the other guy in, in fucking land of the dead man like you got questions for goku you could talk with him but he ain't coming back to fight your battles anymore same kind of idea here with all my like you can still you know call on him for his sage wisdom on being a hero in general but he ain't gonna save you no more he doesn't have the power to save you no more uh superman i don't think outside of taking him out of the equation with like literally killing him yep. or making him evil uh which you know they've also done with goku as well um made him evil a couple times over unless you want to churlis really is an evil goku but goku black is very literally an evil goku um Either way, Superman's not typically afforded that kind of opportunity to step out from like uh, his, you know, powered capacity and 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 operate in a depowered capacity. Typically, if you take Superman out of it, it's because um, he got shut down by some kryptonite, or he got shut down by some magic, or he's dead right now. I don't know, and you know, I, I don't actually put myself out there to be a Superman expert by any stretch of the imagination. I'm sure that there are examples in the 80 years of stories, but I can't think of any cool stories where Superman is involved directly, but it's not because of anything he's doing with his powers, or maybe he doesn't have his powers at his uh, access or whatever. Um, All Might works in that capacity. Goku's works in that capacity. Superman, when he shows up, I just feel like, you know, again, to quote the old fucking saying, he just punches your dick off his off your dick. Yeah, man. Um, G- Goku is afforded that capacity a little bit, and then they bring him back to save the day because they realize that Gohan wasn't a very popular character. Uh, All Might's going through that right now and training Midoriya as this next person, the ninth holder of uh, One for All. And I think, honestly, being able to see him go from when you first meet him he's top of the charts and everything that we've seen ever since with with all might in terms of his power in terms of his ranking in terms of his ability in terms of his uh, ability to defuse a situation or save the day everything we've seen since episode one has just been on the steady fucking decline and season three after the battle with one for all or all for one fuck i fuck them all up all for one after the battle with all for one he's retired he's done there's no more one for all power left for him to use. And Deku is next. You're next. Still get to see him. Um, honestly, the only other place I could see him going is, and again, I don't know that this is a manga spoiler. I hope that it's not. I I don't know that it is. I think the only other place All Might can go as a character from the point that he has now, unfortunately, is dead. That's the next step. He's going to serve in this mentor capacity while he can. He's not going to be around forever. As I said earlier, there have been a few things in the manga that's been spoiled for me. I don't know if that's something that happens. That's not one of the things, thankfully. I won't say the things that have been spoiled for me, but um, it's interesting because Dragon Ball Super now, the manga is ahead of where the anime will be when the anime comes back. Much truer to form of the old Dragon Ball Z comic. My Hero, manga comes out, anime comes out about a year later. So there is a healthy chunk of people, probably 50%, if not more, especially the the hardcore My Hero kids, who they already they already know what's going to happen. Like The anime adaptation of My Hero is, from what I understand, really faithful. Um, they're really not too much extra shit. And if there is some extra shit, they're very upfront about being like, this is some extra shit. That's not an original story. Um, 
Dragon Ball will be in that same boat when it comes back, when it comes back. Not if, when. We just don't know when. It's obviously not July of 2019. Um, I don't want to read My Hero because I want the thrill of reading it week right. to week or watching the episodes week to week. Yep. Here's the thing. I can't not read Dragon Ball. You know me. Yeah, I know. You're obsessed, man. I'm not obsessed. Obsessed is a stupid word. No, you're right. It's just me. You're just. It's just not like it's not like I'm gonna go fucking wait outside Sean Schemmel's fucking apartment and jerk off into a tissue because right. I'm obsessed a weirdo or some <laughs> shit like that. It's like, dude, this has been my thing since I was like five years old, and I don't have many things, but this thing is one of those things. And I love it, and I'm usually loyal to the things that I love. But I say all that to say, if a new Dragon Ball chapter comes out, I'm reading that shit fucking immediately. I need to know what's next in the story. (laughs) So when the anime comes back, the whole time I'm going to be like, well, they didn't do that in the manga. Well, that's different. That's strange. That's a weird place to put filler. Why are we filling this shit out? With my hero, I don't read the source material, and I willingly have made the decision not to uh, read it. I'm kind of curious to see, because we're going to be doing week-to-week my hero stuff. Um, Now that we've done almost all, well, we didn't do, we, we could still go back and do season three for the Patreons, I guess. Right. Yeah, because we finished season two, but... I don't know, whatever. There's like 20 volumes, whatever. And I think it's like, like the first 40 episodes or 38 episodes of, of the whatever series on Patreon. But um, we can go back and do season three. But with season four, we're going to be doing the episodes week to week. I'll do them myself. You'll come over. I don't give a fuck. Dan will come over. I'll fucking, again, do them by myself. I will find people on the internet who want to talk about that. Maybe. Um, I'm excited to be doing that. Uh, when Dragon Ball comes back. Hopefully in early 2020, I'm. I was really pulling for a January 2020 announcement, uh, meaning it would come back in 2020. I was hoping that we would have heard about it by now. If we don't hear about it in the next four to five weeks, I'm pulling the plug on that. I, I I'm hoping by by Thanksgiving we've heard about it. I hope that's what happens. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But when Dragon Ball comes back. Uh, it'll be interesting for me to, you know, be that guy who's read the manga on one on one show, and then be like somebody who's completely ignorant, or for the most part ignorant, to the manga for uh, My Hero Academia. But um, this was all basically a long way to say we're super psyched for season four. Um, all Might is Japanese Superman, aka Goku 2.0, who was already Japanese Superman off of Superman's American Superman. Who's American? Also, he's Superman. But I like All Might way more than the other two guys. Yeah, All Might's way fucking cooler than uh, us. Definitely cooler than us. I don't know that he's cooler than Goku. <laughs> to me, he is. No, nah, I'm not actually, really. Nah, nah. I take it back. Goku's a fucking weirdo hook from the. I can, I can put it. I can put aside my sentimentality. I can do it. Goku is a weird backwards hick who really doesn't have the the social skills. 
All Might is a man of culture. He's a man of class. And <laughs> let's be real, man. Watashi Kakata. Like, he is here to save your day and fuck your bitch and smile all the way through it. Yep. Yeah. 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 And that's basically just Superman 2.0. So do we stop calling All Might Japanese Superman? Do we just call him Superman 2.0 now? No, I think we just call him All Might because there is... I mean, the comparison is there, but yeah, it's not really Superman. He's Toshinori Yagi, and he has helped me fully appreciate the need for a, a beacon of hope uh, in a world of shit and darkness and badness. So long as you got a dude like All Might to look up to who can tell you, hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to get through this. I'm here to help you get through this. Those are things that help the world in general. And I think that Superman has kind of lost that ability or at least lost that identification to his character in some respects because in so much recent media, he's, you know, fucking Zack Snyder verse. He's betrayed as this God complex, dark tone. I, you know, I'm all alone in the world kind of dude. The thing that I love most about Superman was he's like, yeah, I am different, but I'm really not. I'm just like you. And so much of him growing up was like, yeah, but whatever, Mom and Pa. They might not understand. It's fine. I'll just keep it a secret. I'm like everyone else. He just wanted to be like everyone else. Just wants to help yep. everyone else. He just wanted to be a real boy. Hmm? I mean, he's not Pinocchio, but I understand the <laughs> sentiments you're trying to express. Uh, Toshinori Yagi, a.k.a. All Might. Uh, I don't know why I'm calling him by his fucking proper name now, but Toshinori Yagi is his proper name. Yes. Um uh, he obviously goes into the pro hero profession um, with an admirable will. We all know that he was born without a quirk and that adds to the nobility and the admirability of, you know, his origin story. Um, he was inherit He inherited this quirk and, and wasn't afforded this great power by chance like Superman was. Um, he worked for it. He proved that he was worthy of it. We get to see him uh, at least through, you know, way of flashback kind of uh, come through his own in broad chunks and broad strokes and, now we're at the end of the journey with him, and we get to see him try to, you know, pass that on and, and to Deku. He's not the focus of the series, but he is um, a tremendous foil and a, a great plot telling device, you know, for for Goku, uh, Goku, for Deku's story to be able to unfold um, on his quest to become the world's greatest hero. Um, so, yeah, I feel like he's. Uh, Probably the most effective use of the archetype that we've discussed tonight. Um, I don't think any of it's Superman's fault. I think that time has just been not been time in the world. Right. The world's outlook on those ideals and morals and, you know, things that virtues that Superman stands for. I don't know if the world is particularly kind to that outlook these days. And that's maybe why he's not as popular a character um, as we're. You know, uh, an anime version of it in an over the top, super smiley, you know, borderline ridiculous slapstick. Borderline ridiculous. Yeah, he is a, and I don't mean in terms of strength. That doesn't mean like in terms no. of personality. You know? Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I think that that resonates a little bit more. And then when you have that emotional layer underneath where like his end's very much in the end of his life or his time as a hero is very much in sight and you're there along for the ride with him. I think that's why All Might wins. The Superman versus Goku versus All Might misleading title that I probably named this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't a fight of physical strength, boys and girls. No. Because obviously... Uh, Goku. 
It would, I imagine Goku, but I mean, there's been a lot of debate on that. I don't, I don't care enough to think about that. Because honestly, I know it would happen if Goku and Superman fucking met up. Same thing. All Might's fucking there too. Ready? They're like, you're pretty cool. Want to be friends? All right, cool. Let's be friends. The end. They don't fight. <laughs> they don't fight. Straight up. Those two dudes meet, and there's no way they fight. Unless Goku or Superman is brainwashed or something. No extending wing bullshit circumstances like that. They meet up straight up. 100. Full clear. Full eyes. Full hearts. Full clear eyes. Can't lose. <laughs> Don't lose, because they have friends. They friends. <laughs> and they get the whole universe unlocked. Got the whole universe unlocked. Got all my... <laughs> On our team and Goku's team captain and Superman's captain too. <laughs> yeah. Get hype for My Hero Academia season four. Doing palm dropping on Saturday. What's the date? The twelfth. Yep. October the twelfth, and then we'll be recording something at some point this weekend. I'm not sure what. Are you around Sunday? Maybe. No, no. you're not. It's gonna be me fucking jerking off into a microphone about how cool it was. So make sure you tune in for that. Make sure you rate, subscribe, Apple Podcasts. Say spot. your fucking calendars, people. Yeah, say <laughs> say your calendars and say your prayers. And brush, <laughs> and brush your teeth. Your breast stinks. Uh, rate, subscribe, stick to your Apple, Spotify, YouTube, uh, all the places where the podcasts live. Instagram at dbsuperdope. Twitter at dbsuperdope1. Just the number one. Not the word. Yeah, not the word because I'd be done. Uh, also, we don't have Facebook anymore. Uh, fuck you Nazis Thank you for taking our page down Again uh, Immediately Within two weeks Of me sending out invites Jesus Christ Yep uh-huh. Uh huh So I think Facebook Is maybe not for us anymore Unless we do a hard Hard rebrand of the pod Which I don't know If we will be doing Maybe we will Who knows uh, Maybe some point on the line But fuck Facebook for now Um. Yeah That's it This has been a, This has been a uh, A backdoor Rhode Island Comic Con Panel test i guess i don't really know how this is gonna shake out testing editing um but i appreciate you guys listening and uh yeah we'll talk with you next time i don't really know how to end this show what's up my feds my friend